The Radical Secular, a podcast dedicated to the separation of church and state. For full video episodes, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Radical Secular. I'm your host, Sean Prophet, and I'm here with my co-host, Christoph Defoe. And we have a special guest this weekend. His name is Matthew Remsky. Matthew runs the Conspirituality Podcast, a podcast you should all check out if you haven't already. It's fantastic. And we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, QAnon and the uh, anti-vax community and the basically just the, the, the community of spiritual, um, uh, I guess you would say, where, where, where spirituality crosses over into uh, right-wing uh, paranoia. I don't know if that's a good way of putting it. But um, first, before we get started, I'd like to do a few show notes. We are... Um, our email is theradicalsecular at gmail.com, and we are on Instagram at radical underscore secular, and we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash theradicalsecular, Twitter at radicalsecular, and YouTube. Of course, we are also a podcast, and you can, uh, you can listen to those podcasts at Apple, at Google, at Spotify, and Stitcher, and we're adding more uh, podcatchers all the time, so... Uh, Stay tuned for that. Uh, and so at this point, I'd like to turn it over to my co-host, Christoph. How are you doing? I am doing okay. I'm really happy to be here uh, every week as usual. Um, I'd just like to take a moment to talk about, before we get into the, into, into the meat and potatoes of the show, talk about um, the Just Words Fallacy uh, Medium blog uh, we are launching. I sort of have been working to get that off the ground and get it rolling and just sort of thinking about it as a narrative companion to the Radical Secular podcast. And so our goal is to get various writers from different backgrounds and different perspectives, just like we do on the show here, talk about a lot of the same sort of things we talk about on this show, but um, from, you know, from a narrative, uh, narrative perspective. I think we're really interested in finding out and talking about people's experience living um, a quote, radical, radically secular life, right? Like, what does that look like? What is that, what, what is that experience? So we can talk about things ranging from poetry to, 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 uh, to, to, to full on prose, whatever. So anyway, uh, like uh, there'll be more coming up about that. Um, every Thursday, we're putting out an article. This last one that I put out on Thursday is just a short uh, two pager about, um, about the postal service and the uh, ham handed grab, a uh, power grab. Um, done by the by uh, attempted um, and sort of uh, done by the Trump administration. So you know, check that out. Uh, that is going to be uh, that is the just words fallacy at just underscore words word underscore um, uh, fallacy, and that is uh, on on are um, on uh, Facebook, YouTube. Um, I'm sorry, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you know, most of those places. So anyway, that's a work in progress. More tuned, uh, more to come. Stay tuned in the coming weeks as I talk more about that. Fantastic. And uh, so we should probably jump right in, Matthew. Can you tell us a little bit about your podcast and your work and, uh, and uh, how you came to do that? Yeah, well, you, you gave, I think, a pretty good snapshot of the conspirituality movement. The word itself uh, was first... Uh, coined by a couple of academics in 2011, Charlotte Voss or Char Charlotte Ward and David Voss, uh, and the abstract to their um, essay, which we can put into the show notes, is that um, conspirituality would be this weird netherworld where alt-right uh, and paranoid and also male-identified conspiracism 
begins to horseshoe and meet uh, the utopianism of the new age spiritual and wellness crowd. And um, now we started, my, my colleagues and I, we've known each other for about t- 10 years, and we started on the cusp of lockdown really talking about how um, as, you know, the yoga industry shut down, as, you know, wellness spas ground to a halt, um, how uh, we were starting to immediately see influencers in our world uh, begin to ramp up the rhetoric around um, uh, what we might call alt-health libertarianism, uh, that somehow, you know, being a yoga teacher meant that you had some special insight into public health, or, you know, if you, you know, used essential oils, you had something to say about epidemiology. Uh, So, you know, that was something that we noted. It, it, it didn't really surprise us. Um, I think all three of us were aware of the parallel track uh, over the past three years of uh, the QAnon movement. And I think recently over the last couple of months, especially, we've seen that what we've studied um, in terms of where the seemingly progressive alt wellness community uh, that is, you know, doing self-care and personal development and really is, you know, the evolution of the human potential movement going back to the, to the 70s. Uh, w- what we've seen in that politics, which is, you know, seemingly progressive, or a lot of people seem to want to think that it's progressive, uh, what, we've, what we've seen uh, in terms of its conservative turn is actually accentuated and brought to its logical and I would say like fever dream conclusion in the mythology of QAnon. So we're starting to see that, you know, this, this area that, that we started to dig in uh, is actually part of a spectrum of uh, conspiratorial and also uh, mythopoeic thinking. And also like now I would say feverish thinking uh, that we see culminating in in QAnon exploding all over uh, the sort of public face of American politics and also uh, being exported to the world. I think 71 countries now uh, have their own uh, QAnon Facebook groups uh, defined by, you know, these are groups that are sharing information that they've translated. Uh, So yeah, um, I'd say that QAnon and uh, is is America's top export right now, <laughs> uh, and uh, strangely, and that conspirituality is the context in which it is mainstreaming. Well, and you might even consider this to be like the first truly uh, global modern religion, because all the other uh, religions that are going on. I mean, I I, I considered uh, QAnon to be a religion. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, um, I, we can also reference in the show notes uh, a, a really great religious studies scholar here in Canada named Marc Andre uh, Argentino, and he's been on the sort of QAnon bloodhound trail for at least a year or so. Uh, and he has a great paper in Religion Dispatch, or uh, I think, or Religion News, uh, about you know QAnon is a modern religion. We have to understand it and respect it and um, be careful with it in that regard. Uh, and so yeah. Uh, and now also you know my particular contribution to Conspirituality Podcast is that you know I'm a cult survivor, and um, so I'm particularly clued into the intersection between uh, religiosity and cultism. 
uh, or cultic dynamics. And of course, you know, as we see this movement develop, we can identify all kinds of cultic dynamics with a couple of key differences that are really weird and confounding. Uh, so yeah, but definitely, definitely there, there are, um, uh, big tent religious aspects to QAnon, especially its um, uh, ritualization, especially mm -hmm. its its penchant for prophecy. Mm -hmm. um, the it's it's weird being an online movement that there's no sort of somatic or or like bodily uh, coherence. But at the same time, you know, if most of its you know most fervent devotees are online 18 or 20 hours a day. There is kind of a bonding over this mm -hmm. kind of uh, blue light overwhelm that everybody is, is dysregulating their sleep with. So, um, <laughs> well, that's why I would, yeah. I would sort of distinguish this from a, uh, you know, a Mormonism or Scientology, which are two of the other kind of modern uh, religions that are, you know, American exports. Right. And uh, uh, I, I think this one being an entirely online situation is it's exactly what you said. It, you know, it, it uh, and there is a prophet. There is a, the Q is the prophet. He is. He yes. Does. But he's so, invisible. But he's invisible. I was going to say he doesn't really exist. Right. I mean, like he doesn't exist as a person. So, I mean, I have two things that kind of come to mind right away. And first is. Um, I'm interested to hear, uh, Matthew, you, what you in your experience or what in your knowledge, how this overlaps to the, if, if it overlaps at all with evangelical, the evangelical movement. I mean, is there an overlap there? And secondly, um, I, maybe we like, because I'd like to just point out that sort of that I um, am in a cult survivor as well. Right. So, um, yeah. you know, and having grown up in the, like, you know, we, you know, we are, so we very much like I very, both of us in the same, in the same organization, in fact. Um, oh, so, I did not know that. Yeah. 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 And so uh, I, I, I was a young man, a young person, right. During that time. So I didn't make a, like make a choice or a, a choice is an interesting, interesting sort of term yeah. when, we, when we're talking about mm -hmm. cults, but, um, but I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't of my own volition that I ended up there, but certainly the detox process, right. The recovery has very much been uh, the, like, frankly, the, the thrust of my adult life has been recovering from right. that kind of thinking. And I, and I'm sure we can all identify with that. But so right. it, I'd like to make, maybe you could speak to speak to any of that or, or, or Sean, well, maybe you uh, want to jump well, in. First of all, I just want to say that in full disclosure that uh, the cult we're talking about is called the Summit Lighthouse. It used to be called Church Universal and Triumphant, and it was started by my mother and father, Mark and Elizabeth Prophet. So uh, we, you know, it, this is, it, I have a, a, a completely unique perspective of being the actual mm -hmm. son of the, of the cult leaders, you know, and I knew, uh, I, Christoph, I knew your father before yeah. I, I really didn't, you know, because I'm a bit older and uh, we didn't really grow up together. We, but we were in the organization at the same time. So this That's is extraordinary. So is this, is this like a big reveal on episode nine? Have you, have you disclosed this yet to your listenership? Well, we don't really, dis we're not, we, you know, this is our first show about cults. So right, it's right, the first right. time it would really be appropriate Amazing. to bring it up. We're, we're, right. we're, you know, we're political commentators really. And, right. you know, talking about the intersection of, of, of politics and religion generally, but this is the first time we've actually gotten into this this cult aspect. Yeah, well, that's it's it's amazing, and I, I I commend you both for being able to connect over that, but then also develop into your current political interests. It's really great. I mean, your Thank question, you. Christoph, about um, you know overlaps with evangelicalism. That's not really my. Uh, field of of learning or mm -hmm. study, um, I do know just historically that uh, some of the keywords within the 
mythography of QAnon date right back to evangelical movements into the 19th century. So there's been two or three great awakenings, as I understand it, um, involved with uh, various purification or reform, Protestant reform movements that have had evangelical elements to them uh, in, in 19th century American history. And, and so when... You know, it's interesting because because a phrase like the Great Awakening, which is part of the promissory language of QAnon, is used. Uh, it it can uh, it, it can sound like uh, it's referring to something broader or uh, less, you know, sort of denominational or. Uh, so the person who uses it that I'm thinking of, who I've I've followed very closely, is is a person named Dr. Christian Northrup, uh, who is you know an obstetrician and gynecologist, and she's written basically one of the bibles of uh, women's health, uh, sort of second wave feminist uh, women's health uh, in the 1990s, I think, or 80s. She first published it with Hay House, but she has an incredible amount of you know, social capital for everything that she's done for uh, women's wellness and and uh, some, and she's integrated conventional medicine with, with alternative health practices in a way that's been very appealing to people. And she now has 500,000 followers on Facebook and she's spending all of that social capital basically uh, acting as a front for various QAnon content rabbit holes. Uh, wow. Now, she hasn't said openly that you know she's pro q or she hasn't used the where we go one we go all hashtag or but but the whole um title of her selfie video series over the past several months or since april actually uh is the great awakening and and then she does tweet uh q sources and and you know things that are soft q or q related like um you know references to pizzagate and so on being real and so um uh, now, now, how that interacts with with evangelicalism, I'm not exactly sure how much of her demographic would already be Christian, but um, I think the really amazing thing about uh, QAnon is that it is able to clothe its um, almost its its most hallucinogenic and morbid qualities uh, in. Uh, the language of other movements. And, and that's part of what's happening on this very day as there are hundreds of protests around the world uh, under the moniker of, under the hashtag of Save the Children, which is actually co-opted from, you know, real social work organizations that, that uh, serve trafficked children. Uh, and, um, of course, they're directing that attention through the attention economy of social media towards uh, their, their deepest mysteries. Wow. I, I want to I want to to comment on this because I think very much uh, we're seeing um, this is sort of the Christian reconstructionist Christian dominionist playbook on steroids. We're seeing I mean this is this is one thing that we rail against on on this show is is against theocracy in general. Like the the melding of religion and government is is probably the uh, most destructive force in history throughout history because you know we we saw that governments and and religion were melded up into a certain up until a certain point. And uh, it was it was really the Reformation and uh, you know and and the birth of secularism with the Enlightenment that really actually 
allowed, you know, modern government with human rights that were right. that were separate and distinct from the church. But we, we see that really there's really a, a resurgence of wanting to get back to that. And this is a, this is an article from Mother Jones that I'm reading right now, and it is about Michael Flynn, who is a former national security advisor. Now, obviously, he's been disgraced, but you know he has gone full on into this, uh, having taken a pledge. It says uh, Donald Trump's former national security advisor Michael Flynn posted a video on Independence Day, in which yeah. he recites an oath for QAnon conspiracy theorists, along with five others. Now, right. this is somebody who is, you know, theoretically a patriot and theoretically, you know, cares about the Constitution. It says uh, the oath, which includes the QAnon slogan where we go one, we go all, refers to an oath to become digital soldiers to defend the Constitution. So yeah. well, fr it's frightening. It's frightening. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the defend the Constitution is, is really questionable. And it, I think it's a way in which uh, the, the discourse of QAnon is really able to apply itself to um, the, w whatever sort of emotional hook it needs to uh, in order to further its own viral spread because, you know, defending the constitution is not really on the menu. In fact, I don't know the extent well, to which uh, Q himself and the drops talks about the constitution. I, I, I might be wrong about this, but, but uh, the, the, the fascination is not with, is not with constitutional law or with, you know, I mean, they're very interested in freedom of speech and, and, and second amendment rights, but I mean, rights, yeah. Well, you, you can you can you can tell you know how, how they view the Constitution because they're they're apocalypse. They have an apocalypse with their religion, which is uh, you know uh, every religion needs one, and theirs is the, the you know this this rounding up of liberal the elites, the storm, yeah, right. uh, rounding up of liberal elites, and uh, you know having them all prosecuted for pedophilia, which is you know it's essentially a trumped up charge. What their their apocalypse is a fascist coup where they overthrow. The, any sort of uh, loyalty to the Constitution, and this is something we've seen very much among the, you know, the the three percent groups, the you know, the various patriot patriot groups, um, promise keepers, oath keepers, all these guys. They claim to want to defend the Constitution, but they but they really that doesn't include uh, you know minorities, women, uh, doesn't include human rights. Right, right. right. I, I, I think that's really important, right? And this is what I'm thinking about when I'm listening to uh, you two talk is that. What the thread, and, and just sort of linking this back to what we always talk about on the show, is that the thread seems to be, right, because, like, it's always, and, and I can identify with this, right, based on the way I grew up also, is that there, there's an amorphous threat out there, right? Like an amorphous threat, ill-defined, um, and, and, and this, in this case, it seems like it is relatively well-defined, but, but, it, but it, it certainly doesn't really exist, so it, there's no actual evidence of it, right? And it ends up becoming a way of thinking and again, we talk about this all on the show, but like, it, like what I keep seeing is this lack of critical thinking, the stream all the way through. And you can pull that through with religion. You can pull that to Trump through Trumpism, right? You can pull that through um, this QAnon sort of stuff. Um, and I, and and you know, and I'm not even talking about mainstream religions, but perhaps even mainstream religions, right? Like basically, right? That that there is an authority. Um, some cases it's Q, some cases it's Jesus, some cases whoever it is. But there is some authority that's sort of telling you what the what you know, sort of contradicting the evidence in front of your eyes, right? And, and that, that you can see, right? Like sort of telling, telling you that what you see is not real. Here's what actually is real. And you should be really, really afraid of it. Um, again, it's all about this hierarchy, right? It's about power. And even as decentralized as Q 
is, right? It just, it's like, right, it, it is, it is still along those same themes. That's sort of just what I'm thinking as I, as I sit here. It's very much like, Matthew, uh, if you want to go through the, the, the three uh, tenets of conspirituality that you went through on your show, I think that would be really helpful. Oh, that'd be great. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's more, more specifically, it would be the three tenets of, of conspiracy itself that uh, nothing, first of all, nothing is as it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing happens by accident and everything is connected. And you're, you're quite right that like in, in, uh, in theoretical terms, those three principles could apply to most religious institutions and their, and their, um, uh, you know, and their, and their, and their philosophies, their creeds, uh, going back to time before mind. Um, what, what I, what I think is, what seems to be distinct about, uh, conspirituality is that it is market driven, uh, mm. rather than, rather than sociologically driven. What's unique about, uh, QAnon is that it seems to be driven by like some sort of deep, um, uh, almost like archetypal fascination with a particular kind of horror. I mean, let's just be clear with the the, the listeners that at the heart of uh, the QAnon mythos is that the world is controlled by a cabal of uh, pedophiles who raise and farm and assault children to 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 extract from them chemicals that will keep them alive. Uh, and then in some forms of that story, the, the children are also cannibalized. Uh, and this goes back into like medieval blood libel stuff. I was just uh, going to say, yeah. Into, it goes back into, I mean, there's, there's some primal, primal shit going on in, in this particular um, nightmare scenario that is uh, being uh, uh, um, really like... Uh, amplified and um and massaged and pushed through notifications and um uh and 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 built upon in you know also and also uh it it recaptures and uh and and recapitulates uh the all of the unresolved um uh you know public narratives around satanic ritual abuse that we have left over from the 1980s and 90s that were never quite resolved. And well, so, have, yeah, yeah I, go ahead. I have a, a friend who um, uh, was actually more of an acquaintance, but uh, she was caught up in that whole satanic ritual abuse. Um, I don't even know what to call it. Hoax. Um, it's a, it was a disaster. I take the disaster. It's just, a, it's a, so it was a social disaster with, with a lot of people hurt from a lot of different directions. And I think it's, un, I think it's totally unresolved. I think for the most part, we, we believe as a culture that, um, that we have had some sort of legalistic and journalistic closure to that episode in, in, in cultural history, but I don't think we have at all. Um, cool. Maybe yeah. we should explain that. Explain well, this, that for the for, for the for the listeners. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want. I just wanted was right. uh, to, to tell this this anecdote because this was a, someone who I just met and was uh, became friends with, and uh, uh, she, you know, we were having dinner one night, and she said to me that uh, you know she she came out and said, oh well, you know, my parents, uh, you know, were involved in satanic ritual abuse, and they abused me, and uh, you know, I'm been in in recovery, been recovering from this my whole life, and I'm like, really? I, do you remember this? No, I don't remember it. 
uh, well, how do you know what happened? Well, you know, I have repressed memory. And so she went on and on with this. And these are just like, these are just normal parents in, living in Thousand Oaks, California, right? It's like, you know, these are just like, <laughs> you know, and their daughter is, actually believes that um, she was ritually abused, uh, you know, in, this, in a satanic cult as she was growing up. And it's like, uh, I, I don't think this woman has ever recovered from, from, from this. And, I don't, and, and, I, and I'm certain it never happened. Okay, well, um, the, 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 but the, it's funny, but I keep it. I, I, know, I know this isn't funny. It's a little, it's a little funny, but it's all, but it's just so outrageous. It's so outrageous. These claims, I mean, drinking blood. I mean, you're just like, wow, wow. Anyway, sorry, Matthew. Yeah, go ahead. But, but I think, I think, I, th I think what, what we have to be sensitive to is that, is that something happens, something happened. And, and, um, the 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 difficulty with the difficulty with um, there's a great resource from the CBC. It's a podcast called Satanic Panic, and and I I'd recommend it to listeners who, if you're podcast if you're podcast friendly, uh, it really goes in depth into a particular um, the version of that that we had here in Canada in the 1990s uh, in Saskatchewan, uh, which followed the typical pattern. Uh, that uh, erupted through the daycare world in the United mm -hmm. States, uh, mm -hmm. in which uh, dozens, if not hundreds, of daycare providers were accused by children's parents generally of uh, various ritual forms of abuse, but, um, you know, with thousands of charges and uh, hundreds of thousands of hours of prosecution, uh, many convictions, uh, but many convictions overturned, but then also, but then also almost no forensic evidence whatsoever for any of the claims that were being made. Um, the satanic panic sort of era is viewed as this incredible failure in psychotherapy, uh, for one thing, because it was often uh, psychotherapists who were interviewing children in leading ways. And sometimes they were taught to do so by people who were known to be frauds like Lawrence Pazder, uh, who was the co-author of Michelle Remembers. Uh, but anyway, the, 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 the general, the consensus narrative around the satanic panic is that, is that all of these claims were, were nuts. Uh, it was, a, a, you know, a social hysteria. Uh, you know, it came out of nothing. It came out of nowhere. But I think the I think the deeper issue is that what ends up happening with uh, inflated claims is that they obscure the real issues of domestic and child abuse that are never really occurring in su such, um, you know. Uh, Dracula-like fashion, they're, they're, and they're not occurring amongst strangers, right? Uh, the, when, when, when the QAnon people and the Save the Children people borrowing or, or, or pointing towards QAnon material, when they, when they quote this statistic uh, that, you know, 800,000 children go missing or are trafficked every year in the United States, what they're leaving out is uh, that the fact that the fact that the vast majority of those children return home, and that only 115 of them out of 800,000 are actually uh, attacked or trafficked by strangers, and the entire QAnon narrative around uh, uh, child abuse and child trafficking, just like the Satanic Panic um, 
uh, narrative around child abuse was that these were strangers involved uh, in uh, ruining the lives of children. That's not what happens. What happens is that abuse happens domestically mm-hmm. uh, and uh, abuse happens intergenerationally and abuse happens between between people who know each other. Right. Uh, and and that's what ends up getting lost. And that's probably the one of the biggest tragedies of uh, the, the protests that are going on today because the Save the Children hashtag is not saving the children. It's, it's like offloading and psychologically projecting the, the problem outward when, when more often than not the problem is at home. Well, and this is something I really, really want to pick up on, and that is that, you know, first of all, a lot of this stuff, like you're saying, is very self-promotional. I mean, you mentioned that one woman who is uh, involved in, you know, she's got 500,000 wellness followers, and then she's using, she's dropping QAnon stuff in her, you know, in, uh, you know, in her feed. And right. then you've got this situation with a repressed memory uh, therapist who were, you know, they, they, were, they were getting a lot of uh, patients out of this. I mean, hundreds, thousands of patients out of this. So it's a self-promotional thing, and then it's also a co-opting of social justice. All the different social justice language across the board. Right, definitely. Now, now with regard to with regard to the the wellness influencers who are gesturing towards uh, QAnon material, but using the language of conspirituality, they have they they're walking a fine line. Uh, They're almost they're playing chicken with Facebook moderators. Uh, They are playing chicken with uh, the more progressive elements of their audience who you know, would buy, uh, you know, a sudden interest in the Save the Children hashtag, but they certainly wouldn't buy, you know, a full-on video post about, you know, how uh, the, the Clintons are satanic or something like that. So what, they, what, what a lot of wellness influencers have to do is they have to find this kind of sweet spot where they can uh, latch into the, the, the emotional contagion that is being churned up by QAnon and ride that on the attention economy of their social media platforms uh, without fully endorsing. Yeah, and mention, so I, mentioning it instead of rather than mentioning it, pointing towards it, uh, um, uh, sanitizing the language, domesticating mm-hmm. things, uh, making things making things beautiful. There's a beautiful uh, Mother Jones article, I think, recently about um, Instagram wellness influencers who are making QAnon beautiful. Uh, so yeah, there's a there's a way in which there's a way in which the the, the wellness world, in the same way as I think the Christian Church and evangelical world uh, are providing. Uh, almost laundering or front operations for uh, this particular conspiracy theory that, as, you, as, as we've said, is erupting into its own form of religion. And I want to return to that as well, because, um, you know, as, as all of us being uh, cult survivors, um, I, I think, you know, you've probably gleaned, and this is where I kind of started on the podcast with my colleagues is like, I'm the cult survivor of the three of us. Uh, actually, Julian is too. Um, and, and, uh, but in, but in different ways, but, um, you know, I've approached the, 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 the influencers who are peddling this stuff in terms of looking at the cultic dynamics they deploy, especially, you know, trauma bonding or, um, you know, fostering a kind of like confusion between love and terror in their audience or, you know, 
indulging in intrusive eye contact and you know uh there's there's all of these sort of like cultic techniques but then when you look at q it's leaderless there's prophecy there's a prophet we don't know who it is we have some clue about who might be behind it in terms of like jim and jim watkins and his son at uh, founders of hn or the guys who run eight kun now but um but like you know, have, have we ever encountered a cult without a leader? Uh, you know, and, and this is where everybody, everybody's introduced, everybody's interviewing Stephen uh, Hassan about QAnon right now. And he doesn't you know, know. He, he, pardon me. He doesn't know what's going well, on with them. Well, it, that's, that's what I was going to, that's what I was going to say is that, is that like, uh, you know, he has some really useful models. I really enjoy talking to him. I interviewed him for our podcast. I, I know he's helped a lot of people. I know there's a lot of people, you know, whose skin he gets under. But the fact is that that cult literature and cult recovery literature uh, is pre-digital. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's that like... That's not a criticism it, of him. I'm just yeah. basically saying no one really knows what this... Or, you know, everybody's trying to kind of figure it out, including the people who are in it, really. Right, so. right, right. <laughs> but but I, had a, I had an insight that I want to run by you guys because, like, if you look at, if you look at um, like, John Jalalich's model of, of, of the, the sort of cultic, um, you know, constellation, she says there's charismatic leadership, there's a transcendental the uh, theology or ideology, uh, and there's, there's, there's systems of, of um, informational control and systems of behavioral control. But like charismatic leadership is at the forefront, and that's like super clear in everybody else's models as well. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, QAnon seems really cultic, but there's, where's the charismatic leadership? And then I finally understood what everybody's talking about uh, when they use the word gamification. Just like the, the, the fact is that uh, people who follow this thing, they believe they're heroes. They, and they believe they're heroes because their job as QAnon devotees is to interpret the drops. You know, they, they get these cryptic messages, which are like total bullshit, complete, utter gobbledygook, totally contradictory. They're predictions that don't come true. And they have to come up with all kinds of like amazing mental gymnastics to make anything work or anything make sense at all. And, 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 but they, but they're on a journey. They get to Joseph Campbell, the shit out of this stuff, right? Like they're able to totally be involved and and uh you know they they gain social media followers based upon how eloquently they can they can interpret the cue drops and i'm like oh that's it so the charisma the charismatic leadership is actually aggregated it's yeah. actually it's actually played out amongst the membership through this competitive gamemanship that they're involved in uh and i think that's that's part of the answer is that is that you know it is cultic and it can be leaderless and it can and it can have a transcendent ideology that nobody can quite define but it doesn't matter because the power of the movement uh is really is really uh, rests in the fact that everybody's playing the same game and they're playing it sort of with each other and against each other at the same time. That's really fascinating, fascinating analysis. I, and, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I think what's really brilliant about QAnon and sort of uh, in, in the uh, sort of modern, uh, sort of those, the modern movement of, the, of that ilk is that there is no leader. So, you know, compare that with a Jonestown or compare that even with our own personal experience in cults, right? Where there was a, there were predictions, um, end of the world predictions that didn't come true, right? right. And, um, and then all of a sudden cult, you know, 
it, 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 like, it, like there's a steep drop off in membership after that, right? Totally. Like, right. right. And so, and, and, and it's a lot easier to, do, to sort of do that when you can attach it to a face, right? Totally, because so that guy like, failed. That guy right, exactly. Failed. That guy, that guy failed. So let's all bail. But it's a lot harder when there's just, it's diffuse, right? And there's no yep. actual person making the calls. Not, and so only, not only did that guy fail, but that guy might have died. Uh, that guy might be in jail. Exactly. That guy exactly. might might have been might have been canceled because we found out that he was raping everybody. Like the there's it's it's actually kind of there's some sort of peak cultism going on with QAnon with the leader being uh, either non-existent or or completely anonymous forever. Yeah. Uh, you can't. It's like it's like God himself, right? Like you can't. Well, you how are you gonna how are you gonna cancel him? Exactly. It's perfect in that way. It's perfect yeah. in that way. You can't, you, you can't disprove it. Right. And right. so, and, 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 I, and I think, you know, it, it's, and I think it's really like br brilliant in a sadistic or a, in, in a nefarious way in the sense that it doesn't, um, you know, it, like it, it doesn't, oh, I lost my train of thought there, but it doesn't, it doesn't require, um, uh, I lost my train of thought. It'll come back. Well, I do this yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. So it's what it is. There's a lot of uh, proof burden shifting going on, which is what happens with religion in general. You know, like uh, an atheist will say, "Well, there's no evidence of God," and then uh, and then the religious person will say, "Well, prove that God doesn't exist." And so in this case, it's like prove Q isn't real. Prove these things aren't true. Uh, and 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 well, okay. And then here's where we get into here. Here's here's where we get into conspiracies and conspirituality only works if there is something plausible uh running at the stem uh and you know it's like when 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 you wake up on july 5th or whatever it is and uh is this last year and you you read in the paper that jeffrey epstein is has committed suicide or has been suicided or something like that and and you have some sense of how how rich and deep his network goes uh, and then more reporting comes out and you can see how how deeply, you know, these these personalities are connected. It's like, you know, they're they're not wrong about the structure of violence in the world. Uh, they're they're wrong about the target. Uh, they're wrong about their anti-Semitism. Uh, mm -hmm. They're they're wrong about they're wrong about um, they're they're wrong about the ultimate goals of people. Uh, but, but like, why are they, why are they wrong? And why does it have to be so, um, inflated? You know, why, why is it Here's what <laughs> Harvey, yeah. Harvey, Harvey Weinstein just wants to like, m you know, masturbate in front of people. Like why, yeah. why does, why does, why do these bad guys also have to, uh, want to eat children? Like, what, like why, why the escalation? Why? It's 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 really wanting to because if you want it's it's goes back to the blood libel. If you want to uh, commit genocide or if you want to really hurt a group of people, mm -hmm. uh, if you if you can demonize that group of people mm -hmm. in the worst way, then you can marshal uh, other people to go and kill them. I mean, the, the blood libel has resulted in hundreds, if not thousands of murders of Jews over the years. And I can guarantee you that this QAnon is going to result in, in killings and possibly. Oh, for sure. It all, and, and it, and yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's starting to go that way for sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I actually haven't, I mean, I'm sure there has to be a raft of literature on this, but I'm wondering whether uh, the, the prevalence of the blood libel in like, 
you know, North European imaginarium makes uh, the Holocaust that much easier to sort of happen that, that there's, there's obviously an acculturation of anti-Semitism and, and pogroms that are going on for centuries, but like, but, but um, even on that, even on that level of sort of fairy tale fear told around the Christmas tree or around, you know, at Halloween or whatever it is, um, that 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 just yeah it becomes part of the it becomes part of the mythic landscape well there's a concrete example of this and that is that you know uh henry ford printed up thousands and thousands of copies of this protocols of the elders of zion book that he distributed and um at the time throughout the world right throughout the world to high-powered people right throughout the world and so you know when the holocaust is going on you know there's boatloads of jews coming trying to get into the country and we were treating jews at that point very much like uh, refugees are being treated now and boatloads of jews were refused and a lot of it was because they believed these horrible stories about jews and so you know these kind of ideas are extremely destructive and and i mean we're we're, we we haven't seen i mean this is going to be this is a very, very dangerous uh, uh, development in the, in the world history. Yeah, you know what I, you know what I, what I, what I, what I'm thinking as I as as we're talking. You know, the the, the brilliance of another one of the brilliant elements of 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 the QAnon, and, and it, it shares this with religion as well, is that it really preys on the you know, the fallacies that the human brain tends to, right, tends to, uh, tends to fall into those sort of traps, right? So among them, of course, is like, we, you know, we, we see patterns, right? We're, we're pattern recognizers, right? As, as a human animal, that is what we do. We recognize patterns. And so we are, we're like, our brains are wired to do that. So like, we, 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 we try to make sense out of, out of random facts. And, and when we do that, and, and especially if somebody is going to give you information to just enough that to, to pique that sort of little that evolutionary interest and sort of get you going. I think it, like that is really a brilliant, brilliant strategy. Um, and I, and I, I say that, and another thing I want to talk about, and this I say this a lot on on this show because I think it's important because we talk about a lot of extreme views, extreme. Uh, ways of thinking, extreme outcomes. Um, uh, and I'll use the neo-Nazi example because that's one of my favorites. It's like, right, because when people, when people, when we talk about white supremacy, people think of neo-Nazis in the street, skinheads, right? We, maybe, we, maybe you think of, uh, you think of burning crosses and all that, right? But like, mm-hmm. right, and that is true. Right. That is like, those are definitely racists. That's definitely white supremacy, but like, it's a much longer, it's a, it's a spectrum, right? It's a spectrum. And, and, and so, the same thing we're talking about here with the cons- with the conspirituality and these like people who believe that right that there's Democrats at the Clintons especially obviously are, like the sort of favorite punching bags here right they're eating babies and whatever drinking blood so yeah but like that is a way of thinking that is a pathology of mind right that is at its extreme at its most extreme but. This is the kind of thinking that that is laced all within mainstream repu- conservatism, right? I mean, it's it like right. It's this it's this idea of uh, you know like that. Like, and I keep coming back to this this idea that there's just like a, a boogeyman out there, right? right? Maybe it's Antifa, right? Maybe like there's a whole like host of like sort of like you know a canon of a uh, 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 you know of uh, uh, of a boogeyman on the right. And I and I just want to point out that like look, right. don't you know? I think it's important to to point out that it's not always that it's not just that horrible extreme that's the problem right it's the thinking that's laced in through through human culture but certainly um on the conservative right well also i mean that that's you're you're kind of getting christoph right to the to the heart of where our little wedge of study is in conspirituality because you know we're trying to we're trying to look at 
uh, where mainstream ideas of alternative health and, and wellness are actually very profound gateways to this fever dream world. And, and one example that I always like to bring up is that um, there's this elision in the language between uh, the certain, certain uh, usages of, of or, or cer like certain conversations within the anti-vax movement that move directly into uh, the notion of uh, there being some sort of organized and state-run child abuse, right? So uh, one of the people that I study, I'm going to be publishing a feature on pretty soon, um, uh, will compare uh, vaccination to um, uh, forced penetration. They'll use this mm -hmm. language of, uh, that, that, that points at rape to describe the activity of the state in relationship to the innocent child. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's really not a lot of space between uh, thinking of vaccination as forced penetration uh, and thinking about uh, uh, vaccination as child abuse and then thinking about child abuse in terms of, you know, the, the, the assaults that go along or, or that, def that would define uh, the, the sexual exploitation of children. And so there's this, like, you know, without, without having to talk about child trafficking or child abuse, there's a, there's a directional movement towards a darker and darker fantasy of what's actually going on. And all of it is being used to uh, discredit the, the work of, you know, public health officials and, you know, people who actually do research on, you know, how to, uh, you know, in, increase, you know, positive health outcomes uh, in relation to infectious diseases. So, so yeah, the spectrum is super important. Um, it's, it's, too, and it's too, and it's too uh, easy and dangerous to, um, I don't know, discount or dismiss the most uh, extreme expressions of, uh, the QAnon mythos, because if we do that, we I don't think we see the subtler uh, themes that lead towards it, or that you know for which it it provides an amplification. Absolutely, and 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 just to follow up on that, because you know the, 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 I think you hit a really important point there, um, and right, I, and I, everyone who watches this show probably knows that I'm not a huge fan of the slippery slope argument, but. But but I do think because but but I but I see it here and 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 I think it's important to point out for a lot of reasons but not the least of which is you know, in my conversations with people online and you know and 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 observing Trump people and folks that are sort of really into the Trumpism right um, they may or may not be QAnon folks I think there's a significant overlap there but but they, but they but they they may or may not be but it but it's the same kind of thinking like right that. It allows, it's really easy to slip into, well, both sides are bad, right? It's, not, it's easy to slip into sort of really lazy thinking when you say to yourself, well, you know, like, uh, you, you, like yeah, the news is reporting X, Y, and Z, but you know the news is all a bunch of X, Y, and Zs, right? And, and, and X, Y, and Z usually means Jews, right? Like, right, Jewish right. people, right? That's typically like that part of that cabal, right? But right. again, but it's like this idea that like, no, we are just not going to trust facts because I just get to, because I heard over here somewhere that some, that, that, that a counter story and, 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 and that counter story has the same credence as this story in my mind, right? This sort of false equivalence, right? Because I, it's, it, again, it's this sort of, I think it's like this, the way a crisis of thinking 
And it starts that small of just saying like, oh, the, 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 the lamestream media, right? And next thing you know, right, it's not that much of a leap to say, well, if, if the mainstream media is lying, that means there's a cabal behind it, right, putting out bad misinformation for pot perfect. And then, well, if, if that, then anything, right, then you can start believing all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, I mean, it and it's and it's almost um, it's it's a very predictable tactic. Like uh, I punished myself by actually sitting through uh, the sequel to Mickey Willis's Plandemic, uh, <laughs> and um, it opens. I ca- I couldn't believe this. It opens with and it says right across the top top of the screen. Uh, it says scripted reenactment of a meeting or something like that. And, and um, what, what they do is uh, he has, has a war games scenario uh, uh, put on by the CDC last October, uh, like a tabletop exercise, three hours long, uh, that was like internally reported. Maybe there was some news coverage of it or something like that. But uh, they made up a script for it and then they... Uh, pretended at the beginning of the documentary that they were reporting on what was actually a war game scenario. Like, how do you plan for a pandemic? What, what are we going to have to be aware of? How are we going to, you know, deal with the media stuff and, and how is our public relations in place and all of that. Um, Willis in his documentary suggests that they're planning their contingency planning against a possible pandemic proves that they knew it was coming therefore they planned for it therefore Uh. the next part of the argument is going to be well how did they actually release the coronavirus from a lab in china to uh, terrorize the world and so on so it's like there's there's so many layers of of um flipping around sourcing and you know um credibility and basic practices of 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 fact checking and corroboration that yeah it's it's not it's not about the data at all it's about and on all of and underneath the entire reenactment is this ominous music and that's like that's the juice um it's it's like the people when when you say there's a crisis of thinking it's like I, i i i do i i agree but it's almost as if um before we even get to the point of whether we're thinking critically about something, uh, you know, there's millions of viewers that have just been biohacked by this, by well, this fucking stuff, so, right? It's like, right, here, right, here, right, right. Here's the thing. I mean, I, I uh, was a television editor for uh, about 25 years. And so I, I'm well aware of how you can manipulate people's attention, how you can tell stories. You know, you can rearrange footage to tell stories. Reenactments are like, it's like open season. I mean, you can make a reenactment into anything, you know? So <laughs> right. it's like, uh, and, and people think it's news. They think they're watching a, a documentary and, 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 right. it's a, and, it's a, and it's a dramatization. But I want to, I actually want to like uh, kind of draw back to a bigger picture here because I see a lot of this as really coming from anti-modernity bias. Uh, I think there's there's a you know especially because we're seeing um, technology and uh, science you know is really is really uh, encroaching a lot on on human life. We're starting to figure out you know who we are as human beings that that we're that, you know that we're biological machines essentially. And so you know the, the the sort of values of human identity that we've had you know being tied to the land to tribe to all of these you know uh, to traditions these things are all breaking down and we're starting to realize you know as 
as with, with global travel and globalization, you know, that we are all really the same and that's threatening right. a lot of people's identities. And so uh, a lot of this is part of the, it's part of the anti-globalization movement. It's part of, you know, anti, anti-government, libertarian. Uh, and so, uh, you know, there's, they're, they're so, cause these, what, what has happened to the world has, has been so good for human health. Uh, and so, and, and we've, we're, you know, a lot of the, the the constant warfare that used to happen has really died down, and you know we're living at actually one of the most peaceful times in human history now, uh, and and so you know uh, they have to manufacture a reason why this is a bad thing because they they see it as a threat even though if, objectively if you measure the quality of life in society it is it has gone way way up I mean it's gone dramatically up you know over the centuries and you know uh, infant mortality and death from preventable diseases and all of these things has, has gone so far down. And how do you, you know, how do you argue with that? So if you're somebody who is arguing for tradition, you have to find a way to uh, kind of make this, turn this into a bad thing. And so uh, I think that's a lot of what's like, because when you were, when you were discussing, you know, the, the idea of, of, you know, vaccination as forcible penetration or rape, it's like, no, it's a public health intervention. How, how would you, if, if you, if that's bad, how do, what do you consider surgery, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, a a couple of things as you were running down the, um, you know, the, the, the complaints, the resistances to modernity, um, who better to iconically represent uh, all of those anxieties than somebody like Bill Gates? Like, is it any wonder that he's he's at the center, that he's at the center of um, uh, he's he's the target of so much vitriol and rage. It makes sense in the sense that, you know, here's somebody who um, uh, is central to the reconfiguration of how humans interact with each other. Uh, and in a very short period of time, in a very unregulated period of time, in, a, in an unprecedented movement, uh, from the analog to the digital, and in and in a field that is seems to be even more complex and obscure than medicine, and so then there's this combination in the fantasies that people have about Bill Gates and his interest and his interest in public health and medicine, that somehow these two areas of you know incredible complexity merge in this miasma of evil or 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 at least disconnection you know that 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 you know he's such a strange villain to point the finger at but Mm -hmm. there's something about uh his you know kind of bland voice and his you know nerdy disposition and his you know kind of whiny voice that makes people feel i think that the world was run by the world is run by a teenager who didn't grow up and and kind of um uh isn't isn't emotionally mature and is and is um you know maybe dissociative or uh just just isn't is it, like there's there's just something weird about how he's been targeted that that he he is he and but also it it's sensible uh it makes a kind of like a literary sense or poetic sense you know he's banal and and that's another force of um or a point of rebellion i see in the conspirituality movement uh there's a great yearning a great drive towards um what i would call reenchantment or the feeling that well somehow uh since the evolution of scientific materialism and you know since we've you know 
we, we've reconfigured our understanding of how human beings grow through evolutionary theory and so on, uh, that there's a yearning for uh, the mystical and the magical to return. And, and, and Bill Gates is just this kind of like, you know, uh, Ikea re refusal of the mystic. And, yeah, he's spoiling and, the party. He's spoiling the party. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but he is the, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he is the, he is, but he is the party at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, and so the, and the parties that we used to have in the forest are now taking place in Facebook groups. And, and so, um, yeah. Yeah, why aren't they mad at Zuckerberg? Why why are they mad at Gates? I oh, mean, oh, I, oh, they're they're very mad at Zuckerberg, but but not because <laughs> but not because uh, you know not because he's he's you know turned people into um, you know s soulless uh, you know <laughs> consumers and and producers of of personal data, uh, but they're mad at Zuckerberg because uh, they think that that you know, he wants to censor them or something like that, uh, which just isn't true. It's, it's really because of social media that the conspirituality and QAnon movements have grown. It's like crack. I mean, social media totally. is crack, crack for this stuff. Well, and here's the, here's the other thing that I wanted to bring up with you guys, because you're both, because, you know, we, we share this history together is, and the, and the other thing about, about uh, what Hassan has to offer in relation to, you know, what do we do to the family member or the friend that we see go down the QAnon spiral? Um, you know, all of his answers uh, are therapeutic and they're interpersonal and they're like, you know, don't call the person stupid and, you know, uh, show them that your friendship is stronger than their ideology and show them that, you know, your, your, the security of your relationship can actually be stronger than the false safe haven that this, that this, uh, you know, crazy theory provides do all of these things. And, you know, if you know them in real life, you bring them cookies and so on. And, and there's, and that's all really great, um, and but it's really great in a pre-digital, in real life, brick and mortar sense. Because right. um, a crazy thing about the crazy thing about trying to engage with people who you might love or or who you at least respect, who you see going off the deep end with disinformation, uh, the 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 impulse online is to you know comment or to. Um, you know, or to or to do your own post, or to engage with the person in some kind of way that you think might be helpful. And and when it comes down to it, uh, we interviewed this guy named uh, Imrad Ahmed, who runs the um, Center for Combating Digital Hate in the UK. And he's like, no, 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 no. If you if you engage the person who's spreading around conspiracy theories online, you indicate to Facebook that that content is valuable. And they yeah, will and they will boost sense. it and they will boost it in their algorithm and it's like so it's like not only not only is social media boosting bullshit but it's actually weaponizing our empathetic instincts uh, to, to help people or to engage with people it's 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 extremely evil actually and totally amoral because uh, you know it's I, I I understood that what they wanted to do was to keep us online I didn't understand to understand until the last couple of months that that in order to keep us online they're willing to weaponize our willingness to 
to repair relationships with each other. Uh, because when we do that, when we actually spend time discussing, you know, QAnon with, with, you know, our aunt online, uh, we actually spread the message. We spread that yeah. virus. It's well, like, it, so it's like, it, you know, the way, I mean, what, according to Ahmed, what, what you actually do is, is you, you treat QAnon like COVID, which is, you fucking you socially distance from it you put on a mask uh you 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 bubble if you need to uh and you isolate you isolate people who are sick absolutely this has to do with some something uh uh that i you know i i kind of you know I started blogging about 20 years ago, and uh, when I when I was when I left the cult, I was really kind of docu- trying to document my experience, and I ended up getting into a lot of arguments with Christians and former right. cult, cult members and stuff like that. And uh, I, I finally I reached a point where I stopped arguing certain questions. I said, if you believe X, then you know I, I consider you to be disqualified. You're not part of the conversation I want to have. And right. so you know, and I've did I've did the same thing with Trumpers, and I, I you know I, I I cut people off, and because so, I do not want to contribute to this boosting of the of the of the argument. And right. uh, I feel like you know we have to because what we've lost, and this there's been a number of articles about this. There was one in the Atlantic, and there's there's been a number of them about you know America's basically in an epistemic crisis, and. Yeah. The epistemic mm-hmm. crisis is really it, it covers it covers the whole gamut from religion to conspirituality to anti-vax to flat Earth, you know. And and what what I want to say about that is that I think that a lot of these beliefs are are in fact performative. I'm not I I I really don't believe that there are people who think that the Earth is flat. I I, I would argue even no matter how earnest they are, no matter how much they insist to me that they believe that, I'm going to say no, you don't. You're lying to yourself and you're lying to me. Right. Right. Lying to yourself is an interesting thing, right? Definitely. I mean, I mean, it's, a, it's, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting claim to make about a to make about a person. It's, 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 uh, yeah. You can't. Po- I, I remember having, I remember having that thought too. You can't possibly believe this is true. Um, hmm. Because right, because we're talking about people who are older, who are otherwise rational in so many different ways, right? Like, right, like people who have jobs and they go to them, right? And they have to perform certain activities, right? Um, you know, I think about this with Trump, with, with folks that are, in the, that are in the Trump world orbit, but that aren't sort of the sort of rank and file Trumpists, right? But who are, you know, an, an, an elite person in New York City, right? I, I live here in Jersey City. I live right next to New York City. There are some there are some wealthy people that are running around that are huge Trump supporters and they're Trump they're Trump voters and they and, and they and they uh, and they and they contribute money. So the question, and that sort of I think sort of ends up. That's why I I think about um, lying to oneself in that context because um, I just don't see that a person who's able to be say I don't know a big banker and is really good at X Y and Z and is very very bright on X Y and Z is really, really that unable to, to see reality such that he says, yeah, you know what, Trump is, 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 is doing great things. Now, like, he'd be blinded by selfishness, right, by ambition, by like, I just don't give a fuck about other people and I just, and I just want my taxes cut and I get that. But you have to be able to almost, I'm not, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm big on disclaimers on this show. I'm not a doctor. And, right. um, but like, but like, you know, but, but, you know, as a matter of neurology or as a matter of, of, of brain science, it like, is like, are, are people lying to themselves, like cutting off some part of their higher brain or just sort of tapping into their lizard brain, right? And, and, and able to sort of look past obvious flaws of logic, 
obvious flaws of logic. You know, yeah, well, I, I, okay. I don't know the answer to that question. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. Sort I can, of I can say, around. I can say for sure that the tactics that that we study being used by the conspiritualist influencers that uh, that that you know we 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 cover on on our show um, are absolutely. Uh, rooting around, uh, you know, front brain functions for sure, uh, and and you know a, a great example of this would be um, maybe we can uh, throw up. No, that would spread it around. I, I can just I, would, <laughs> I can just I can just describe. There's a guy named Zach Bush, uh, who's one of the many sort of renegade medical doctors that is lending credibility to COVID denialism. Uh, and um, he's an internist. I think he does hospice care. He's a, he's a triple board certified legitimate doc. Uh, I think his, I can't remember where his um, uh, clinic is, but it's a private clinic. Uh, and um, he markets, you know, um, you know, earth tonics for improving your microbiome and stuff like that. But he's like become a darling of the COVID denialism circuit. Now, where that links into uh, the slope towards QAnon is that uh, the, the claim is made that COVID-19 is a hoax or it's, or it's greatly exaggerated and uh, public health officials are asking us to wear masks because they want to uh, test us for you know, restricting our freedom of speech, or they want to test us uh, for, you know, submission signaling. Uh, and of course, this is all a test run for vaccines that will be dangerous and that will provide ta- tracking devices. Uh, but that- Of course, of course. You know, but how, they, does, how does a vaccine provide a tracking device? This is a, the idea of the microchip. That, that, that is like the, it's the wildest thing I've ever heard. Right. Well, I mean, I, these people are like they're 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 typing this shit into their social media accounts from iPhones that are tracking them wherever they go. So they don't. Really <laughs> yeah, that's so just like, like what are you talking yeah, about? But 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 so anyway, Zach, Zach Bush is a is a darling of this movement. You know, he'll go on Dell Big Tree's anti-vax program, the High Wire, and you know he will lay out outside of his lane. Uh, I'm glad to hear you talk about disclaimers, Christoph, because these guys make no disclaimers whatsoever. You know, he's, triple, he's triple board certified, but he's talking about COVID. He's never treated a patient. He doesn't know any of the epidemiology. He doesn't quote any of it. He, he's just, he's on there to charismatically talk about how conventional doctors, you know, are brainwashed by germ theory and stuff like that. But here's the thing. Um, you know, he, there's a kind of gish gallop of I'm going to provide a whole bunch of arguments that you can't, you know, even take the time to investigate that are all designed to convince you that every public health official in the world is lying to you all at the same time uh, in slightly different ways and that this is all a hoax and therefore you should, you should you know, either buy my, my, my gut soil or eat more yogurt or something like that. And then, but then the thing is, is that, is that he'll do that for a half an hour. And then before every interview ends, he will like basically switch gears. And you guys would love this because, or maybe you'd hate it. I don't know. Maybe it would be totally triggering. (laughs) He flips into, he flips into a complete transcendental sermon. He's like channeling, 
Jesus Christ or something talking about how, you know, the main problem that we're facing as a human species is that we're, that we're afraid and, you know, the powers that be know that fear, you know, suppresses our natural understanding that we're actually beings of light. Uh, and that, you know, if we got over our fear of death, we wouldn't have to wear masks. And there's this like, it, it just goes off completely. He's not speaking as a doctor anymore. Yeah, right, he's, right. He, he's speaking, he's speaking as a charismatic preacher and 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 that is a really clear indication that it's not about data uh, the the interchange is not about ideas or about you know you know slowly and conservatively and carefully working towards a reasonable answer in a scientific manner. Uh, it's about communicating some kind of charismatic demand upon uh, the the listener. Uh, and the keynotes are always you know we are an amazing species and we should be terrified and we have access to eternal love and there is a satanic cabal that that is trying to suppress that it's fli it flips back and forth. And that itself is a, you know, a deeply neurologically uh, torturous technique uh, right. to scramble, to scramble the signals for uh, love and terror. And that's where, you know, that's where Alexandra Stein on disorganized attachment is so incredibly important. I think in understanding what these people are doing, they are trying to scare the shit out of you. And then they're trying you know, with one hand, and then they're trying to offer you love and utopia and transcendence in the other. And then they, they juggle this back and forth. Like they're like, uh, you know, it, yeah. literally jugglers on the yeah. Muppets show or something like that. And, and, uh, <laughs> and that's the, that's the, that's the shtick. And it, and it creates a bond because the person who is, um, is is telling you about how terrible the world is uh is also offering you some kind of uh spiritual ascension to solve it or to give you some relief well it's, it's the carrot it's the carrot and stick sorry, sorry yeah it's stuff. totally carrot and stick totally carrot and stick yeah it, it's really remarkable to hear you talk about this and, and i and i and i listened like i said before the show i listened to a couple of your podcast episodes really great stuff the most two most recent ones you know, and you you talk about earlier in this conversation also about sort of the uh, cultic techniques, right? That uh, that 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 end up being sort of like the sort of the, that lay the foundation. And as you're talking, right? Like, you know, I I I was thinking today. I went to Lowe's today of all things. I don't know whatever. I went to Lowe's. I actually went out of my way to drive to Lowe's instead of Home Depot because Lowe's is just strikes me as a better store, and Home, right. Home Depot is just a complete piece of shit. But right. whatever. No. But like right, right. we drove the extra like whatever five miles to get to the to the lows. But as I'm sitting there, I'm talking to my wife and I'm listening to your, your podcast. I'm saying to myself like, holy shit, you know, like you know, growing up, this is exactly the kind of language that I remember, right? And and um, this idea that like again that there is just like there is like the like it, we in our in our language uh, the language of uh, of our organization it was called it was demons and discarnates right mm -hmm. and they are they were just sort of like you know and they were from uh the basically like an underworld type environment right so but like wow. they're out there doing like just unspeakably evil things right and also influencing you to do you know in, in various ways and 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 and, and then the, the the and so there's the stick right and then the, and the carrot is like yeah but don't worry because as long as you balance 50 percent of your karma 51 percent of your karma uh, right. then you get to ascend to someplace else at some point. And, yeah. and, and, and so, and, and again, it's like this sort of thing, but I remember as a child feeling like 
like like what you mentioned, this is what this is what made me think of it, like terrified. Like right, literally right. Like, actually terrified right. of the demons and discarnates out there, right? And right. also aliens, like well, yeah, uh, alien right. was, and stuff like that. I was gonna say that like my mom was really big on uh, discarnate aliens. You know, like these yes. were not these were not actual uh, uh, craft that were physical. They were they were on the astral plane. Okay, astral so plane. That's you, the term I was yeah, looking for. They were, they were on the astral plane, and they were coming around there. They were attacking by the millions, thousands, millions of these things just coming and attacking. And we had to we had to decree and hold up our hands and and do all of this. Uh-huh. All of the, we we were swinging swords and knives, you know, to cut ourselves free from the aliens and oh the and God. the and the entities uh, that were that were making us. So what what it was is it was really an externalizing of all of human psychology, right? So mm. if, you had, if you had a temptation, if you had you know if you if you had a sexual issue. You, if you whatever it is, it was it was all from, coming from outside of you. None of this wow. was you. So you know, it just it, it I could go on and on with the theology of it, but you know, it's like it's you. you, it, you there's not you, enough time in the world <laughs> to to uh, want to go through all of that again. Right, and we shouldn't. But I mean, but 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 the point I think is a really good one is that this idea that like right like right is is that there is a existential problem that you cannot solve on your own. Right, that 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 cannot be. Uh, like addressed with normal human, uh, 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 you know, ideas, ideas like say psychology or, 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 or foreign policy or whatever, because the Soviets were a big sort of like evil thing as well. Right. This is during the eighties and nineties. So like, right. So the things that can be dealt with by human ingenuity working together, like you mentioned, uh, Matthew, uh, incremental scientific, advancement, these sort of solutions were sort of, those were set aside. Instead, there's a spiritual solution to a spiritual problem. Right. And there's only one way that you're going to get there. Right. And, and, and done. And by the way, <laughs> I've got it for you right here in this little tincture bottle or whatever else, you know, right. um, but it's really fascinating, fascinating stuff to sort of link this all together, Matthew. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really, um, at some point I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear more about your stories. Cause that's, I mean, but you know, you just said actually that you didn't want to go through it all again, but I mean, no, I will. I'd be happy I mean, to go you, through it. but yeah, the, I, but the, but the, um, you know, for it to be so close to home is like, uh, you know, the, this ultimate expression of, uh, you know, manipulation through this confusion of love and fear, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I, and so and so when when we look out into the broader world and see how the marketers of QAnon are operating, I think you know you're well equipped to see that you you both you both are because because you know you're you're looking at you're looking at played out on this cultural landscape, uh, and now with you know great political consequence, uh, this kind of technique of 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 emotionally triggering masses of people uh, with a simultaneous uh, uh, prophecy of terror and uh, but then also um, a, a a possibility that that love and freedom is just around the corner. Oh, always the golden age. Yeah. The golden age was a there big. There it is. That was the big draw for everyone. The ascension uh, into you know it, where you become one with God, and then the golden age on earth was the other one. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and you know, I mean, come to th- you know, when it comes down to it, uh, I just yeah, 
it's it it won't give i mean the real tragedy of all of this stuff is that it doesn't actually give any pleasure or or happiness it gives no. a kind of emotional junk food that exactly you know, makes people makes people really really um high and really anxious uh and then really low and devastated and then ultimately really betrayed uh because um, they, they're not building, you know, QAnon is a social media movement uh, and people really believe that they're building friendships through it. And they're mm. not, they're well, not. They're conditional. They're, they're conditional they're, friendships. They're, they're absolutely conditional. Right. Right. And, and, and real friendships take work and, mm-hmm. boring and they, you know, it's like gardening, you know? Yeah. That's really interesting that you brought that up. And, uh, you know, because, yeah, because right, and I and I just thinking in terms of my own personal recovery from that mindset and that and you know and uh, right because it it it, it requires grounding oneself in uh, right. I mean, for me, it required lots and lots of therapy, <laughs> but but yeah, but like but 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 that's exactly my point, right? It does it, it like coming to terms with oneself and coming to terms with like what you know just the human condition right the, the, everything that everyone always goes through as being a human right. being even in a, in, in, in a country like the united states or canada right right where our lives are very very good but still being a human being is like as essentially stressful and so instead of dealing with that in a healthy way through building meaningful relationships right that are not conditional that like um, well, every relationship is in some sense conditional, but you know what yeah. I mean. Like, yeah. right? not, More not or less. On like, you know, uh, and, 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 and going into oneself and figuring out like, oh, this is how my mind works. I'm a human animal, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a meat machine, right? And, 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 and I do certain things for certain reasons. And, and, and sort of dealing that hard work, it's, that takes a lot, that takes years and years. It's a lot easier to just open a book right? It's a lot easier to be given an answer. It's a lot easier to have these sort of superficial relationships online that are based on, uh, based on these conspiracy theories. And so, you know, it's, 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 and then like you say, at the end, when it's all over and, and if the person is lucky and they get out, then there's like, there's this low, right. Of like, all right, like, or, or even within the, in the organization, right. Like a person who's like, you know, uh, you have to sit there and wait for the next QAnon drop. Right to sort of to sort of get that high again of of like of, of like of going down the rabbit hole and and it's just right. so dangerous and destructive. It's an absence of meaning uh, that I think a lot of people leads people into these things. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and and again goes back to the anti-modernity bias. People think that uh, uh, modern life lacks meaning, and so they want to they have to dress it up with some sort of mysticism. And yeah, you know, I think that's. That's what I see as a common thread. Yeah, I mean, and maybe maybe a final point is that is that um, uh, people people are people are hurting, and that uh, I think there's a relationship between people's ability to um, express that hurt, uh, other people's ability to listen to that hurt, uh, and the creation of a rich and now escalated and now uh, feverish um, uh, mythic poetry that is at the heart of a movement like this. I don't think, you know, yes, there's manipulation. Yes, uh, it's probably being gamed by foreign agents. Uh, Yes, there are people who are, you know, uh, monetizing it. But at the same time, um, there's also something very primal that speaks to uh, you know, existential issues around the body and around, you know, dying and who's in control uh, and, 
you know, whether or not uh, peace is possible. And, and also, and also uh, is there anybody in authority that we can trust? Uh, and all of those things are all wrapped up together and just like, you know, um, fed crystal meth in this, in this particular uh, uh, poetry really in this, in this, in this mythos. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I wish, I wish it could provide relief to people, uh, and that that relief was stable, uh, but it won't. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, before we go, I want to uh, make sure that, uh, I want to, we, we haven't done our t-shirts yet. And, uh, oh, right. one of our things at the radical secular has to do with just, you know, we do believe and assert that, uh, the best way to, find the truth is uh, rational inquiry and science and uh, and t-shirts and t-shirts and this one right. is this one is is Picard there are four lights yes. <laughs> and to those who don't know this was a scene where Captain Picard is being tortured by a Cardassian and he is being asked to see five lights and this was reminiscent of the scene in uh. 1984 Right, where right, uh, where it was with the four fingers. So right. uh, anyway, this is this is the 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 primal scream uh, of rationality against right. against being you know the fascist uh, uh, you know um, overlords trying to f- cram this stuff down our throat. And right. and, and th- by the way, that this even though this is seemingly an uh, an anti-establishment conspiracy with QAnon, it really does become sort of part of the establishment in a way. Oh, for it's, sure, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, But there are four lights was almost the name of this uh, podcast, by the way. So like that's how that's how how central that is to our whole thing. Um, uh, It's it's really central. Um, Me, this is also central. Um, This is anti the anti fascism logo. Um, I just got this shirt recently. I'm I'm actually kind of in love with it. Um, That doesn't really much more explanation other than like we are anti fascist here. I think. Everyone who's listening to this is really actually anti-fascist and most people are. So let's, you know, and the demonizing of Antifa and all that, right, is, uh, is, right. is sort of a, a nice straw man that the right likes to put up. Um, one of those boogeymen that I always talk about that the right likes to uh, hammer away at. So, um, you know, my- you know I, I got the invite uh, about the about the T-shirt. And I just have to say that all of all of my T-shirts are mainly crummy swag from yoga conferences that I used to go to. <laughs> so I've got, but actually this one, this is, this is from, uh, I don't know if you can see, it says yoga festival, Toronto. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, and it was, I actually directed it for a couple of years. So it was, it was the one good one that I went to. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but you know, I instead, so anyway, the t-shirt isn't that meaningful, but um, I do have my seven year old gave me a birthday mug. Uh, it is an I am your father, oh. Darth <laughs> Vader that. mug, and he, and uh, so so um, I, I think I think that's our covenant uh, where he understands that uh, I have been on the dark side from time to time, but that he can always redeem me at the end of my life. Oh, that's, that's nice. Awesome. I like that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thanks a lot, guys. Oh, we really appreciate having you here, and uh, so. I guess it's time to sign off. And again, I will give you our information. We are The Radical Secular. Email us at theradicalsecular at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at radical underscore secular. Facebook, The Radical Secular. Twitter, at Radical Secular. And our podcasts are at Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thanks for watching, and we will see you next week. 
You've been listening to The Radical Secular, a podcast dedicated to the separation of church and state. For full video episodes, please subscribe to our YouTube channel.